Welcome, Remnant Warriors. Welcome, Gideons 300, on this Monday edition of the Todd Coconato Podcast, otherwise known as The Remnant. If you are tuning in, you are most likely, indeed, a Remnant Warrior that is fighting for truth, for justice, and for the Word of God in 2021, standing up, taking a bold stand for righteousness. And I appreciate that. I know God appreciates that. It's what He wants us to do. In this very troubling hour, as we look at the news headlines every day and think, are we living in a nightmare? What is going on? But the truth is, we know that God is working behind the scenes. We cannot get discouraged. We cannot get depressed. We cannot give up. In fact, this is what we have been made for. Honestly, this is the time that God intended for us to be in ministry. And you say, well, I'm not in ministry, Pastor Todd. Well, yes, you are, because the Bible has commissioned you. The Great Commission is, in fact, to go and to make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So we are commissioned. That is the Great Commission. And that is what we're doing in this time and in this season of waiting on the Lord to do something new and fresh in our nation as the remnant warriors and the righteous remnant, as I like to call us, are standing and praying and believing that God is indeed going to move on our behalf. Every day I get letters and people say, Pastor Todd, do you really think God is going to do something? Do you really think that anything is going to happen? And I like to reiterate it because I think it's extremely important that I say this so that you know where I stand. Yes, I do believe God is going to move on our behalf. I do believe God is going to respond to the prayers of the righteous. I believe he's moving right now. As I see, listen, so many pastors are writing me, telling me what's happening in their services Uh, revival is happening in pockets around the country right now. People are coming to the understanding that clearly we need to call upon the name of the Lord, that that is the only way that this nation can be healed and can return to the values and principles of the word of God, which were intended by the founding fathers of this nation, the United States of America. We are meant to be a Christian nation, not like Barack Obama said, not like Barack Hussein Obama said, we are no longer a Christian nation. Nonsense. We, are, we need to turn back to the principles of the word of God. Otherwise, we will fail. And we are at a, a very important precipice time. In fact, Dan Scavino even put up a, a story on Instagram saying we're at a precipice. We need to make a decision as a country. Are we going to follow the wickedness? Are we going to continue down the reprobate mind uh, plan of the enemy and the adversary? Or are we going to turn and repent and turn back to Jesus? That's what we need. He is the answer. Don't get me started. All right, let's go through some headlines today. Uh, so the Supreme Court fails American voters again, refuses to hear President Trump's Wisconsin election lawsuit. Apparently, the Supreme Court of the United States once again refused to weigh in on the evidence of voter fraud in the 2020 elections. On Monday, uh, the Supreme Court declined to hear a Wisconsin election lawsuit. The breaking news was reported by the Election Wizard website. And uh, very, very upsetting, ladies and gentlemen, that they are continuing. It's like little kids putting their thumbs in their ears. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. And it, it is troubling because people keep asking me, they say, well, have you seen the evidence? Is there evidence? Yes. There's substantial evidence to the, to the factor that we have never seen. I mean, talk about a regular person. If you and I were in a court case 
and somebody were to bring this amount of evidence against us, we'd be toast. We'd be done because we're not protected. We're not cabal members. We're not protected. But I will tell you, there is so much evidence. It is on so many different levels. There's evidence from the ballots, uh, the chain of, uh, in fact, let me read this story. Here's another story that just came out from National File. Georgia fails to produce chain of custody for 404,000 absentee ballots months after the contested election. This is unbelievable. Thank you, National File, for reporting on this story. This is huge. A report by the Georgia Star News, also, this is where they're getting it from, indicated that 67 0.5% of the state's estimated 600,000 absentee vote by mail ballots lack chain of custody documents. <laughs> Months after the 2020 election, state and local officials in Georgia have failed to produce the chain of custody documents for over 404,000 absentee ballots put in drop boxes. According to a damning report from the Georgia Star News, the report indicates that the state failed to produce chain of custody documentation for an estimated 404,691 absentee vote by mail ballots, which were placed into drop boxes and delivered to county registrars to be counted in the 2020 election. This means that 67.5% of the state's estimated 1,600 absentee vote by mail ballot count was found to have no chain of custody documentation. What? It's worth noting that the outcome of the 2020 election in Georgia was decided by less than 12,000 votes, which would be nearly 3% of the 404,000 absentee vote by mail ballots deposited into drop boxes and counted by the county registrars. Fulton County, facing widespread criticism for various credible allegations of widespread voter fraud in the 2020 election, is one of the 35 scofflaw counties in Georgia that have failed to comply with the open records request and provide the absentee ballot drop box transfer forms that were required to maintain according to the emergency rule passed by the Georgia State Election Board in July of 2020, according to the report. Nearly 300 drop boxes were utilized to collect absentee ballots in, 2020, in the 2020 election, authorized by the Georgia Election Code Emergency Rule approved by the State Election Board instead of the statute passed by the Georgia State Assembly, which says that the Dropbox collection teams shall complete and sign a ballot transfer form upon removing the ballots from the Dropbox, which shall include the date, the time, the location, and the number of ballots. The Dropboxes were stimulated in part by donations to election counties from the Senator of Tech and Civic Life, which is a 501c3 funded by Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg and his wife Pr Priscilla Chan. Isn't it interesting? Mark Zuckerberg is behind this. Zuckerberg donated nearly $350 million to this nonprofit that he funded. And uh, this was for the 2020 election efforts. With more than $25 million getting to counties of Fulton, Gwinnett, Cobb, and DeCabe, according to the report. So while some Georgia lawmakers have made efforts to bolster election integrity and stifle private funding of election administrations, it's unclear if Georgia Governor Brian Kemp or Secretary of State Brad Rassenberger will join the fight. Well, of course not. They're China pawns, despite the objections of their constituents. Well, yeah, Republican concerns over the integrity of the 2020 election were echoed by President Donald Trump in a leaked phone call with Brad Rassenberger, who refused to acknowledge or address the credible evidence of mass voter fraud in his state, despite credible accusations 
of widespread voter fraud, including the infamous video in the case of Ruby Freeman and Shane Moss. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, clearly uh, this continues, this fight, and we're going to continue this fight. Uh, a, big, a big portion of what we're doing here, just so you know, is this fight behind the scenes. People say, what are you doing, Pastor Todd, you know, to fight this, to stand? We are uh, lobbyers on steroids right now. We're doing everything we can to get to the, the evidence to as many people as we can. It takes a good portion of our time. I will tell you, uh, it is something that I, I just don't feel I can walk away from yet. And, and even my wife sometimes questions, Todd, maybe you should move forward at this point. But I still feel like our house was robbed, meaning the United States was robbed. And we need to have an investigation. And we need to be the squeaky wheel because the left and the people on the opposite side are always the squeaky wheel. And if this was them, let me tell you, it would be all over the mainstream news. There'd be hearings. There'd be everything possible in Congress because they have the propaganda arm of the mainstream news. They are The mainstream news is the propaganda arm of the deep state. So we don't have that. So guess what we have? We have guys like me who are out here shouting from the rooftops in the alternative media who are being censored and attacked and uh, targeted. And I'm not going to stop just yet, friends. I know some people want me to stop. I just don't feel like we can stop yet. So we're still working with this team. People say, what, what do you do? I can't tell you everything because unfortunately I'd be targeted by all these activists that want to take me down, shut me up and silence me. And I'm a pastor. And uh, I think that they know that we do have lawyers ready to go on our side and we are uh, fighting back when people try to bring uh, frivolous lawsuits and things against us. But, you know, we're in a fight, friends. We're in a fight. And I can't really speak publicly about it. But if you want to help us out, it's a huge help because I need the resources. It's taking time away from other, otherwise time that I could be making money uh, because we're, we're wrapped up in this and we just don't feel that we're meant to walk away yet. We're seeing some um, victories and, and they're happening in, in certain places around the country and certain things are, are continuing forward despite uh, the fact that no one's really talking about it in the media or you know it seems like everybody's just kind of done. But it's not done. There's still fights on this front of election integrity and it's something that I feel that I'm called to do. So thank you for those that are willing to help us in this effort. It is a very tiring effort. I'll tell you, it takes, it drains you. But at the same time, we know that we've got to move forward on this because otherwise uh, no one's going to fight. And we, we just believe we're meant to stand and continue to, to fight. So in Maricopa County, here's one of these areas. The early indications are that the ballots found shredded. Yes, I said it shredded. In Maricopa County, dumpsters are completed ballots from the 2020 election. So here's a case. What a mess in Maricopa County as the Board of Supervisors you know, are now in this big hot water here after refusing to provide ballots to the Arizona Senate for months. As soon as the judge ordered the MCBOS to hand them over, shredded ballots are found in a dumpster. What a, what a, what a concept, right? I mean, imagine again if this was the right that was doing this. Uh, so it was reported by, uh, thank God for Gateway Pundit, they reported uh, over the weekend that shredded ballots were found in a dumpster in Maricopa County. And uh, later in the day, a mysterious fire broke out. Wow, what a surprise. <laughs> a mysterious fire broke out at one of Maricopa, Maricopa County's Board of Supervisors farms. And it's unknown if the incident is related hmm, to the county's uh, 2020 election ballots. Uh, 
Also, they report that the ballots are being pieced back together, and they do appear to be from the 2020 election. For example, the section below, which they show a picture of, shows all the corporate commission candidates from 2020. So many of the people in this state are tired of the corruption in this county. They want a full forensic audit of the county that will uncover any and all invalid ballots from the 2020 election. So we'll have to stay tuned on this uh, very, very troubling report out of Maricopa County. I also uh, just want to mention a post from Sydney Powell. She responded to some of this. She said, lots of similarities between Georgia and Arizona. The more fraud is exposed and the closer anyone gets to a real investigation, the more there are strange acts of violence and destruction and even death. Georgia Senator Kelly Loeffner's aide, Harrison Deal, was murdered in a fireball car, quote unquote, wreck. He also was dating uh, Kemp's daughter and the lead GBI investigator that killed in suicide within a few days. Lots of shredded ballots hauled off by Dominion. Shots fired into investigators' homes. Now in Arizona, just before the real ballot audit will uncover hundreds of thousands of bogus ballots, loads of shredded ballots found in a dumpster and mysterious fires at Arizona officials' farm. So she says, we the people know fraud when we see it. Wow. So this is the kind of stuff that's going on, friends, and we're going to stay on this information. Thank you for your prayers. There's a lot of people that would like to see us stop this. And it is really a big battle in our nation, in our world, because this is kind of like a ground zero for 2020. So keep everybody fighting in prayer. I really appreciate it. Also, your support is extremely helpful. You can go to toddcoconado.com slash give. Um, also, over the weekend, Epic Times reported that there's adverse incident reports showing up to 966 deaths following vaccination for COVID-19. According to the adverse incident reports collected by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention uh, and the Food and Drug Administration, 966 individuals have died after receiving an mRNA vaccine for COVID-19. Between December 14th and February 19th, 19,769 reports were made to the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System following immunizations with either the Moderna or the Pfizer Biotech mRNA vaccines, the only two vaccines given during the time period assessed. At the time, VAERS data is not available after February 19 at this time. So the 966 deaths represent 5% of the total number of adverse events reports. Of those who died, 86 or 8.9% died on the same day they got the shot. An additional 129 or 13.4% died within one day. And an additional 97 died within two days and 61 within three days. A total of 514, which is 53.2%, died within a week. 173 died within 7 to 13 days. 106 died within 14 to 20 days. 85% of the deaths occurred in individuals over 60. Below 60 um, were five deaths among those aged 20 to 29, 8 aged 30 to 39, 20 aged 40 to 49, and 57 aged 50 to 59. So uh, pretty, pretty scary when you hear that people are taking the vaccine and at least, uh, you know, we know at the minimum of uh, 966 people. Of course, there could be higher numbers, but that is what's being reported according to the adverse incident report. And uh, that is troubling indeed. I want to just read some comments that I put about this. This is my view. I said, God made us in his image and likeness. 
He made us fearfully and wonderfully. I don't think he made a mistake. I am healthy, praise God. I praise him every day for my health. I also plead the blood of Jesus over my life, my family's lives, and my loved ones. For you, I pray as well, for protection and health. I understand things happen and people get sick at times, but I do trust God guides our path. He hears our prayers. I also believe he still does miracles. I'm not against medication. That's not what I'm saying. But my advice, if you're healthy, don't shoot chemicals made by man that are not yet tested through time into your body. I trust God. I don't always trust man. Man makes mistakes. Man makes errors. That's my two cents on this subject. In other news, Bill Clinton's former bodyguard man, which is, uh, uh, his name is Doug Band, and he, I guess he turned into one of Bill Clinton's aides. He's now turned into a whistleblower in a federal sex trafficking investigation involving Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein and provided Justice Department officials with evidence that could implicate his one-time boss, meaning Bill Clinton. The notoriously tight-lipped band, who's 48, stunned Clinton and the whole Clinton world by agreeing to an interview by Gabriel Sherman for Vanity Fair's December issue. In addition to detailing his ties to Epstein and Maxwell, he also confirmed that the 42nd president of the United States visited Epstein Island and his compound in the Caribbean, known to be called Pedophile Island. Clinton traveled to Little St. James with Epstein in January 2003, according to Band, just a few months after the two men spent 10 days touring Africa. I firmly believe, and this is just my opinion, that Bill Clinton is definitely involved in the Epstein pedophilia island incident. I believe that Bill Bill Clinton was a very corrupt individual. I think his wife, Hillary Rodham Clinton, very, very corrupt individual. And I am still praying for an expose of all of their escapades, including the death count around them. And no, it's not a conspiracy. Although the mainstream corporate media and the social media platforms will try to silence people who would even dare to talk about them. But I think you and I know there's more to this story. The Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is reportedly planning to step down before the end of his term. Serving since 1985, the Kentucky senator who was elected to his seventh term in 2020, with a lot of help from Donald Trump, by the way, is reportedly working with Kentucky's state legislator on an exit strategy. The plan involves passing a bill through the state legislator that would strip power from the hands of the governor to appoint McConnell's successor and instead make it the duty of the Republican Party in the state. I do believe he will be stepping down soon, and I think he will be doing this because he is also corrupt and has ties to China. And we are praying that this corruption continues to be exposed in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to read to you something that I put out over the weekend. It's a statement. It's kind of a long statement, but it's very, very important. And I know many of you read it, but I think we need to kind of think about what's being said in this statement because it is my first real official response to what happened in the 2020 election. And this will probably answer a lot of questions for you guys on where I'm at right now as of uh, March 8th, 2021. So here's what I said. I said, as I've been praying about how to respond to what happened in the 2020 elections, I have to admit, I've been almost speechless about what has happened in our country over the course of the last few months. It's absolutely surreal and extremely upsetting to watch this unfold. I have never felt such sadness for our nation. 
Yet now, I know is not a time where I can retract. I must fight harder now than ever before. Today, I want to address what's taken place on my heart since this has taken place and what I think must be done now as we move ahead. I was shocked at how our institutions systematically failed us one by one. I think we all were. I was down at Turning Point USA when I heard firsthand from the then Vice President Pence that we would have our day in Congress on the 6th, according to Pence. He said, our voices will be heard. Well, he let us down, big time. They were not heard. Not in the Congress, not in the courts, nowhere. Pence didn't allow our voices to be heard at all. He folded, just like so many others in the Congress. They fell like pins in a bowling alley. They had no spine. I don't think many of them will ever recover politically, as 80 million plus Trump voters will not forget what they did or didn't do. Till this day, we still have not gotten a fair chance to be heard, but we certainly will soon. We all know that there was massive irregularities and fraud in 2020. It was so blaring and in our face that it simply cannot be denied. Yet for some strange and bizarre reason, many just let it happen and watched silently as our nation was hijacked by a group of criminals. Most seemingly are willing to just accept it. It's almost like someone came in and robbed our house, and yet we just let it happen and didn't call the police or even ask for an investigation. Why would anyone ever let this happen and not take action or at least try to find the culprit? It honestly doesn't make sense. One word, corruption. Another word, China. So here we are now. We are watching as the most egregious policies imaginable are rolled out one by one. Radical, far-leftist, globalist, anti-constitutional, and anti-God policies that are the worst pieces of legislation our nation has ever seen be brought to the floor, and some may actually pass. Others are already here. Executive orders are being signed like autographs, one after another, undoing America first and implementing an America last agenda. This isn't what we voted for. This is almost like a nightmare, yet it is real, very real. This is happening. What we must do is simple. It's a two-pronged strategy. First, we cannot just move on and forget about what has taken place. What happened is the biggest crime our nation has ever seen. It's bigger than Watergate. It's the biggest political theft of our modern world, and it's bigger than anything we've ever witnessed. And we can't simply forget and move on. The world is watching. Heroes like Mike Lindell and others have done what our letter agencies should have. They stepped up. Thank you. Citizen journalists and those with enough courage to fight back have become like modern-day folk heroes. I walked into CPAC with Mike Lindell and a group of other people, and the crowd literally got to their feet and cheered him as if he was the biggest celebrity in the room. These warriors are now legends in our own time because they're actually willing to put it all on the line and stand up for our republic. What a concept, right? Meanwhile, <laughs> where are our national law enforcement agencies? Crickets. The people see it. The people get it. This is not going away. We remember, and we're still outraged. So we have to keep praying for an expose that was done in darkness will be brought to the light, that justice will in fact happen, that there will be some type of breakthrough where we can see those who perpetuated these acts caught. The Bible says what was done in darkness will be brought to light. I don't believe these people will ultimately get away with this. Too many are interceding. They are the remnant warriors. God hears the prayers of the righteous. But I must say, I'm disappointed that so many others were willing to just move on so fast without a fight, although I'm not surprised at this. 
so many are not willing to endure. They lack fortitude. So prong one is keep praying, don't relent, don't give up. We must not. This needs to be addressed. Here's prong two. This can never happen again. We must become a force to be reckoned with. The time for the silent majority is over. We must be out there, in their faces, vocal, at community gatherings, at the town halls, at the city council meetings, at the school board meetings. I'll say it again, out there, vocal, in their faces, not violent. They must hear what we have to say. No more of this small group of people steering our great nation. No more of this demonic group of radicals pulling all the levers. We cannot be silent ever again. We need to be poll watchers. We need to run for office. We need to be everywhere. The last thing we can do is sit this one out. The church must rise up like never before. We can't be weak. We can't be silent at the pulpit. Nowhere. We must be standing for truth boldly. We must preach the full Bible. We must stop allowing ourselves to be canceled and silenced. We need to be the head and not the tail. We can't seek to be cool or relevant. Jesus was always relevant. He is relevant. We need to be changing this culture only by the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's high time for the American church to be the light. We need to be the church. If you can't preach the full Bible, then get out of the pulpit. If you have compromise in your life, get healing now and take a season to be delivered. We cannot be a bunch of motivational speakers, pastors. We must tell the truth and get people saved, set free, healed, and delivered. We must preach about the blood, the cross, repentance, and operating in the gifts. We must operate in the anointing. It's time for America to have an encounter with God. We cannot go back to apathy ever again. We cannot go back to business as usual. We cannot allow tyranny to take over. The church has the power to push back against the spirit of Antichrist. The enemy knows the power we have when we walk in the authority of God's Holy Spirit. I know many are down. I know many are discouraged. But we must put our hurt feelings aside and get back in the game. We can win. It will take hard work. I don't believe this is done yet. I believe we are being tested here. America will not be destroyed if we stand up now. We need to look at what happened in Nineveh. We need to turn from our wickedness and turn back to God. This will change everything. The gates of hell will not prevail against us. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. We are more than conquerors. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We must shout from the rooftops. We must make our voices be heard. I could write so much more, but you will hear more from me soon. So to recap, don't just ignore and forget about what has happened. We talk about it. We pray about exposure. We will not relent. Secondly, we plan, strategize by God-given anointed strategies, and we get out there and get active. We cannot and will not ever be the silent majority again. Get in the game and dominate the game. More to come on that. You can tell I'm passionate. I want to report on something else that I think is important to talk about. Matt Getz, who is an awesome congressman from Florida and someone I've met on several occasions, on Sunday suggested that a transition to an administration guided by President Harris has already begun. In an interview on Fox News Sunday Morning Futures, Gates blasted Joe Biden for holding so few news conferences. You have to wonder whether the transmission to Harris has already begun, he said. Joe Biden has had more nap time than questions from reporters. Joe has had more attacks on Syria than he's had press conferences, and so you have to ask to the progressive voters, is this really what you expected? 
Is this what you wanted, a warmonger president like Joe Biden when Donald Trump did so much to bring peace to the world and actually confront the real threat, China, not to be trying to build democracies out of the blood and sand and Arab militias in, in the desert far away? Well, that is a really good argument, Matt, I have to tell you. And he's right. President Trump brought peace in so many ways. Look at all the different things he did in the Middle East. No new wars. You have to really look at where the parties have gone. The left is now the war party. They're the deep state party. They're the globalist agenda party. They're the military industrial complex party. And friends, it couldn't be more clear the difference between light versus darkness of the battle that we are in. I want to end today with an amazing video from a preacher. He's actually a priest. And people say, well, Todd, why do you have a priest on your show? Aren't you a pastor? Well, yes, I am a Christian pastor, and I stand by the full word of God. And that's why we actually have the remnant, the remnant warriors. We are remnant warriors, end-time warriors that are standing for truth. We are not backing down. Many have already left, but we're the 300, Gideon's 300, that are willing to stand for righteousness. But I want to play this guy because I have to tell you, he's a remnant guy. He may be a Catholic priest, but he gets the battle that we're in. And what he said really rocked his congregation and is going viral online. I think it needs to be heard when it comes to standing for life. Let's listen to this fired up priest. On top of that, we just recently elected a Catholic president, and he is Catholic. He's baptized. He is a member of the family. We just elected a Catholic president who is diametrically opposed to all of the basic moral principles that are proclaimed by the Roman Catholic Church. Not only abortion and the sanctity of human life, but the sanctity of marriage and this gender silliness. How in the world did that happen? A Catholic. I'll tell you, if he wasn't Catholic, I probably wouldn't be so upset. He's a member of my family. He's the most powerful man in the world. And he is absolutely opposed to the basic understanding is that God is the author of life. How in the world did this happen? You want an answer? I'll tell you the answer. Because our bishops have been silent for 60 years through bad catechesis and cowardice. They have barely said a thing. A few papers here and there. They speak of, there's things they could do. You say, well, why don't you do something? I'm just a little diocesan priest. I'm a grunt. They're the apostles. They have the voice. I just work for them at their privilege. They can get rid of me tomorrow. How have they allowed this to happen? What is it that they really believe? How poorly have they educated you? Good Lord. Can you imagine if in 2012, Mitt Romney, who was running for president, Mitt Romney, who was a Mormon, a member of the LDS Church, when he was running against President Barack Obama, if he were a cigar-smoking, whiskey-drinking, coffee-drinking Mormon, can you imagine if he had won the presidency, the Mormon Church would have gone apoplectic this is, this is not a representation of us. They just would have said, oh, no, 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 no. No, don't, don't look at him. He does not represent what we believe. Probably would have excommunicated him. But what do our bishops do? They just let it snow. I apologize if it sounds like I'm yelling at you. I am angry. It's a righteous anger, the same righteous anger that Jesus had when he drove the money changers out of the temple. He didn't hate those people, but he was outraged with a sense of righteous anger. Righteous anger means I'm incensed at what you are doing.
to someone else and I'm called to protect. Woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. I have to stand up for this. Jesus had to stand up for his father's dignity. So he wanted a clean house. And I have this righteous anger. I'm just tired of this. Angry to the point where I am tempted to say this. If you are pro-abortion, I am tempted to ask you to leave St. Henry Parish. Leave this parish. Tempted to say that. Because then I think, where would you go? This is not just this parish that teaches this. This is the Catholic Church, the Holy Catholic Church of God that teaches this. What parish would accept your views? Sadly, you would find one. And that is an indictment against the bishops. But God help that parish that would let your ideas foster in their parish. And so instead, I will not ask you to leave. Why? Because this may be your only chance to repent, to change your mind, and to come to know the truth and finally embrace it. So I won't ask you to leave. This is your chance for salvation. You are welcome here, even if you're pro-abortion. But your ideas are not welcome here, and they will be given no quarter. The same with Joe Biden. He's a Catholic. He's a member of the family. If for some reason he would be in Buckeye on a Sunday, Joe Biden is welcome to come to Mass here. His ideas are not welcome here. And if you ask me a follow-up question, would you give him communion? No. Over my dead body. Not until he repents. He's a public figure. He needs to publicly repent. And we need to pray for his conversion. He is a member of the family. I will ask you this, though, if you're pro-abortion and you choose to stay... Don't give us any money. Keep your money. Why? Because I'm an honest priest. And I want you to have some smidgen of integrity. Why in the world would you give money to an organization whose ideas are contrary to what you believe? Don't give money to this parish. Don't give money to any Catholic charity, any Catholic organization. Why would you do such a thing? I hate Planned Parenthood and what they do. I hate the fact that the government funds this private organization to continue evil at my expense as a taxpayer. Oh, I do pay taxes. <laughs> Can you imagine if I gave money to Planned Parenthood? Why in the world would I do such a thing? So if you're pro-abortion, keep your money. We are within target of perhaps in five years completing our parish campus. You see all the, what it's exploding around us. This is all good, good for us. We're moving on building a church. And if I'm going to build the church, I'm going to build the greatest Catholic church in the Diocese of Phoenix. I'm not going to just build some place where we can hang out. We have a hole right now. We just hang out here, okay? But what I'm going to build is going to cost $10 million. I'm not kidding you. 10, maybe 12. And it's going to be great. Otherwise, I'm not putting my name on it. You can get any priest to build a box for you. But I'm not going to build it with the money from pro-aborts. I'm going to build it from the money from people of faith who believe in what this church teaches about the most basic principle. Students in Christ, I feel like a university professor of literature who wants to teach you about Leo Tolstoy's War and Peace or Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment or any other great literature. But about half the class doesn't even know how to read or write. How in the world can I teach you about the beauty and the truths that, are, that lay hidden within Shakespeare when you can't even read it? i got to go back to kindergarten and first grade to start all over. And it's the same thing with this issue on life. we got to get over this hump, brothers and sisters. Can we please just get this down 
and just say God's the author of life. We have no right to mess with that life, to play with it, let alone end it because of some reason under the sun that it just doesn't fit us. Please. We say, I believe in one God, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. That the Virgin Mary conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't care if you believe that. I don't care if you believe in the Trinity. I don't care if you believe in the resurrection of Christ. If you can't get the basics down, I don't care that you believe in life everlasting. Satan can say the creed with us. Lucifer can stand up here and say, because he does believe that there is one God. He knows that. He can say almost the entire creed with us. So big deal that you can say it. Not impressed. Unless there's a difference. Unless that creed and that belief motivates us in what we think and do and say in this world, in the way that we envision our lives and the meaning and the purpose. And if we can just get to that basic idea that God is the author of life, and we simply, it's not in our job description of what God gave us to do to make decisions that would harm the innocent. Brothers and sisters, if you're pro-abortion, I got nothing for you. I got nothing for you, nothing I can share with you about scripture, about the life of Jesus Christ, about the history of the church, about the world that we're waiting for, about the reason that we, I got nothing for you. I'm wasting my time up here. If you just can't get that first thing down, please, can't you see I am begging you? Don't you get it? I don't want any of you to grow up, you young people, to become abortionists. I do not want any of you girls to have abortions and to suffer from the trauma that they don't want you to speak about, that women who have had abortions are haunted with. I don't want any of you boys taking your girlfriends or paying for your wife or forcing your daughter to get an abortion. I don't want any of you young people to grow up to be judges or to be lawyers and enact laws that will further the desecration of the sanctity of life. And I do not want you to vote for political candidates who tell you to their face that they're in favor of killing the innocent. Students in Christ, I'm not asking you to do anything. I'm not asking you to join anything. You don't have to be a protester. I'm just asking, can we please just get over this first speed bump? Can we just do that? You know, if we just do that and just say, yeah, life is sacred. If we could just, all of us Catholics, do you realize the force that will be unleashed? If we just say, no, no bars hold, I'm not, we're not doing this. If we could just believe that, watch everything else happen. Watch it all fall together, but we got to believe that first. I'm not asking you to go out and do anything. The brothers and sisters, for Father Billy Costco, the worm has turned. <laughs> and yes, it's largely motivated by the fact that the most powerful man in the world is a Catholic. And his actions squash my little puny voice. Oh, the worm has turned. You may say, oh, are we going to lose the funny Father Billy? That's not possible. <laughs> my sense of humor is sewn into my soul, so... But I gotta get off the bus. Man, it is snowing outside. And you know what that is. It ain't snow. And you know where it's coming from. So I gotta get off the bus. And I'll probably get my butt kicked, but it's the right thing to do. I just hope this time more than two guys join me. God help us.
Don't, don't applaud. We need to hang our heads in shame. We have tolerated this for too long. Well, friends, this is what we need in the pulpits of America. We need remnant preachers, people that are willing to take a stand for righteousness, that are willing to truly stand up and speak the truth, regardless of what happens. You know, there's not a, you're not always going to get everybody to agree with you. You're not always going to motivate everybody. You're not always going to get a great reaction when you speak truth. But when you speak truth, the captive are set free. When you speak truth, the nation changes. When you speak truth, the church becomes the head and not the tail. This is what we need to do. I continue to fight every single day. I know many of you remnant warriors are out there fighting as well. We are standing. We're not going to be discouraged in this time period. We're going to continue to press ahead and believe that God indeed hears the prayers of the righteous and is moving on our behalf. We don't know how, we don't know when, but we're believing God is going to do something powerful. It's going to be earth-shaking. And as I always say, people will dance in the streets. I believe it. I'm hoping that it's sooner than later, but I'm going to stand and continue to preach the gospel of Jesus boldly and unafraid every single day until that happens and beyond. Thank you so much for tuning in to the broadcast today. You can find our daily information where we put up articles, the podcast, and so much more on rmntnews.com. That's where the Remnant Podcast Network lives. You can also go to toddcoconato.com, T-O-D-D-C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O.com. And if you want to help us in the mission that we're fighting right now, we would sure appreciate it. It's toddcoconato.com slash give. T-O-D-D-C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O dot com slash give. Thank you so much for tuning in to the broadcast. We love you. We bless you. And we'll be back tomorrow.